Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Life Study emphasizes the capital L life that can be found in the scriptures. Jesus himself said in John 6:63, "The words I have spoken to you are spirit and are life." This is the fruit of over 70 years of ministry by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Watchman Nee began his ministry in China in the 1920s and it continued until his imprisonment and eventual martyrdom in the 1970s. Witness Lee brought this ministry to the United States in 1962 and began speaking these life study messages in 1974, completing it in 1995. To find out more, you can visit our website, lifestudy.com. Again, that's lifestudy.com. Now, let's join today's program. We're very happy once again to have in our studio Dick Taylor for more fellowship regarding the life study of Genesis. Dick, welcome back. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Dick, we're at a transition point today in Abraham's experience. Up until this time, God has blessed Abraham very much in the matters related to his existence. But from this point on, God has more in mind for his called ones than just the physical blessings for their good living, doesn't he? Yes, he certainly does. And the experience of Abraham reminds me very, very much of my experience and many of the experiences of Christians that I've observed for many years. In my relationship to the Lord, I only saw the side of wanting to be blessed by him and needing to be blessed by him. I needed this and I needed that. And many times the Lord was so faithful to bless me even with many things to take care of my existence. But uh, every time I consider the day that he opened my eyes to his eternal purpose, I just weep inside. And on the other hand, I shout for joy (laughs) that uh, what a privilege to have your eyes open, not just to be here on this earth for your existence as a Christian, but to be here on this earth for God's eternal purpose. Once we begin to see that we're not here merely for our existence, but the Lord has mercy on us and shows us a vision related to his eternal purpose, then right away our experience of Christ skyrockets. Thank the Lord we're not just here for our Christian existence, but we're here for the fulfillment of God's eternal purpose. Dick, we have a life study today dealing with God's covenant with Abraham. Let's join Witness Lee. We have seen that whatever Abraham has experienced up to the end of chapter 14 was just God's blessings for him to exist. But we have seen clearly that God's calling was not just for him to exist. God's calling was to fulfill God's eternal purpose through him. So, from chapter 15, God came in to uh, 
bring Abraham into a full realization of the need that he had at that time for him to fulfill God's eternal purpose. He needed something. And that something was grace. Not just outward blessings in his environment, but grace in his life. To fulfill God's eternal purpose, there was the need of two things. The need of a seed, S-E-D, descendant. And the need of the land. Both were needed for the fulfilling of God's purpose. God was coming in to do something. Not just to bless Abraham outwardly in his environment, but to uh, do something to get God himself into this man as grace. The need was, number one, a seed. Number two, the land. The seed is Christ. Not only, firstly, the individual personal Christ, but also, eventually, the corporate Christ. With Christ at the head, with all of us at the body, this is the seed that is needed to fulfill God's eternal purpose. And then we have also seen not only the seed was Christ, even the land was Christ. I realize this concept might be rather new because in the past we all have heard that uh, the good land of Canaan was somewhat a type of the heavens which we all will go there after our death. But if we would get into the pure word, we could see the land actually symbolizes Christ. And we have seen the land in type was for what? For God's people to have the rest. And for God to uh, defeat all his enemies. Then certainly he could uh, have his kingdom there. Then in his kingdom, he could build up his habitation to express himself and to have himself represented. The land is the very place that God's people could have the rest. And that all God's enemies could be slaughtered. And that God could establish the kingdom. And God could build up his habitation. That he could express himself and have himself represented on this rebellious earth. You just consider about these four points. Who could be qualified to be such a land? No other one but Christ. 
We know we have the rise in Christ, don't we? And we know in Christ is the place where we could slaughter all the enemies. And it is also in Christ that God could establish his kingdom. And in this kingdom, in Christ, the church, the house of God, God's building is built up, and God is expressed here and represented. Praise the Lord. This is Christ. Have you seen this? So, both the seed and the land were Christ. And even today, the more the same. Today, we all have to say, Hallelujah. The seed that God promised Abraham today is the corporate Christ. And the land today is also this wonderful, resurrected, and elevated Christ. Dick, we have a lot of very rich items in type in this portion, don't we? Yes, we do. Let's pick up this matter of the good land a little bit. Witness Lee shared that the common understanding of the good land in type is that it refers to heaven, but really the land actually symbolizes Christ. Why do we say this? We say this because from the Old Testament type, you can see that it's the land, the good land, is where God's people finally were able to rest. And you can see also that the good land is where God's people could altogether gain the victory over their enemies. And also it's the good land where God could establish his kingdom. And it's also the good land where his house, the temple, was built for his expression, his habitation on this earth. So the good land is much related to God's purpose and his heart's desire to be expressed and represented on this earth. So it's a tragedy that uh, the good land would be merely heaven to which we go to when we die. But rather the good land is a picture of Christ who wants to be everything to us. It's this good land Christ where we have rest. But uh, even this morning we're full of joy because Christ signified by the good land, is our rest. And when we enjoy Christ, every single enemy we have is slaughtered. Every enemy is put down. In fact, Christ not only our rest, but by his being our peace and our rest, Satan is under our feet. What a blessing that we could be brought to this truth that the good land is not just some place called heaven waiting for us when we die. But it's this Christ who's living in us, wanting to be experienced by us. And also, surely here, it's where we enjoy him as the king for his kingdom. Isn't it good that we don't have to wait till we die? I was just going to say, I'm so happy we don't have to wait until we die to experience this kind of Christ. Thank you, Dick. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. When God came in, in chapter 15, and promised Abraham concerning the seed. Firstly, Abraham right away believed in God for this. Or his faith was so precious to God. 
So God reckoned that as a righteousness to Abraham. And Abraham got justified by God by that faith, the faith that believes in God, who will give him the seed to accomplish God's eternal purpose. So God was happy with him. But listen to this. After this, God went on to promise Abraham that God will give not only him the seed, but also the land. I tell you, when God came to the land, Abraham fell short. The prince would today the same. To believe in God, that Christ is your life, this is a little easier than to believe in God that Christ is your church life. You see? To have a place that we can rise and to have a place that we can slaughter enemies and to have a place that God can establish his kingdom and build up his habitation. Oh, many of us didn't say impossible. It is impossible. So, Abraham was able to believe in God for the seed, but he was not able to believe in God for the land. We are the same as Abraham. Today, I say again, with so many of us, it's hard for us to believe that today we can have the land. My to have Christ for us to live by. This is wonderful. But to have the land for us to live in. That we may have the church life. That God may have the kingdom and the habitation. It's not so simple. Dick, in Genesis 15, God gave Abraham two promises. Abraham believed in the promise of the seed, and he was justified by this. Does it mean then, in order to be saved, we just need to believe in the promise regarding the seed? Will we fall short in the purpose of God's calling if we neglect the second promise, which is concerning the land? Well, as our brother mentioned, uh, the experience of Christ as the seed is mainly the experience of Christ coming into us to be our life. The experience of Christ as the land means that Christ is not only our life, but he is our sphere. He's the all-inclusive one in whom all of God's purpose is fulfilled. So yes, we do fall short, just like Abraham, if we merely realize that Christ is just our life. Christ not only wants to be our life, but he wants to be our all-inclusive good land, the one in whom we live. Not only he lives in us, but we live in him and enjoy him as everything so that God's building can be raised up, God's kingdom can be established, and thereby God's eternal purpose can be fulfilled. Thank you, Dick. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. God was forced to <laughs> make a covenant with Abraham. Amen. 
I cannot tell you how much time I spend over this portion of the world trying to understand it. I couldn't make it because I was young. I was short of experiences. I went to the books. I went to the books. None of the books said anything. I couldn't get anything there. I got disappointed. <laughs> Gradually, through the years, with all the experiences, the Lord has shown us what is the real significance of this portion of the word. First of all, this is a record of God's enacting of a covenant. God asked Abraham to offer him five sacrifices. Number one, an heifer. An heifer is a female ox and uh, a sea goat. And the third thing is a ram. A ram is a male sheep. So here you have three cattle. Three kettles plus two birds. And the two birds are two kinds, a turtle dove and a little baby pigeon. <laughs> I would call your attention to the three kettles. Why three kettles? And everyone was of three years of age. And all these three were what? Were killed were cut into two pieces, all the three kettles. And then you have two birds, and these two birds, not one was cut. They were kept alive. Three, all cut, two, all alive. It's quite meaningful. It's quite meaningful. <laughs> and God asked Abraham to offer this. It was through this that God made the covenant with Abraham. Now, we all know in typology, anything offered to God by man was a type of Christ. It is so good. You know, the very Christ today is number one, the crucified Christ. And number two, he is the resurrected, alive Christ. Amen. By seeing this, right where you can understand, the three cattles cut, killed, were all types of the crucified Christ. So all these three cattles signifying Christ in humanity, crucified for us. Then why we have another two birds? Not one of them were, was killed because the two living birds signify the resurrected living Christ. Yeah. And this is mainly in his divinity because in the Bible, dove, in typology, dove signifies the Holy Spirit. So the birds signify the heavenly Christ, the Christ that came from heaven and is still in heaven. He was crucified, yet he lives. 
And he was killed as a man walking on this earth. But he's living as the heavenly one. Soaring in the heavenlies. Isn't this meaningful? Amen. I tell you, this is Christ. The female heifer was for a peace offering. Because this was a time that God was making a covenant with his ones. There was the need of peace. And Christ was this peace offering. But don't forget, regardless how good we are as God ones, we are still sinful. So, following the peace offering, we need the sin offering. The sea goat was a type of Christ being our sin offering. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Sin was settled, was taken away by Christ being our sea goat, the sin offering. Then, following this, there was still the need of a burnt offering. That means everything must be for God. Christ was the peace offering, the sin offering, and the burn offering for God to pass through, to make a covenant with his call. Amen. It is by this that you are empowered to fulfill God's eternal purpose. My, we all can realize for us to have the church life, impossible. For us, the natural man, to have the church life, is impossible. We all are peculiar, friendly, strange, yet wonderful persons. You see? Anyhow, you all can realize, humanly speaking, there's no possibility for us two to be one. It's impossible. Right. Who has made us one? Amen. The crucified Christ. Amen. And the resurrected Christ. We all have been terminated. We are not living by ourselves. Amen. We are living by the resurrected Christ Amen. who is now living within us. Amen. Now we can see how God could have such a wonderful seed plus such a wonderful land that he may have the people and the sphere to build up his kingdom with his habitation. Amen. How could God do this? No other way. By Christ being crucified for our Peace offering, sin offering, and burn offering. And also by Christ being resurrected for our life. Now we, the call ones of God who offered Christ God, we are identified to Christ. Amen. Right? We are one with Christ. We are just one with Christ. When he was crucified, we were two. And when he was resurrected, we were too. Now we all can say, it is no more I, 
but Christ that lives in me. Hallelujah. Well, Dick, we have just seen Christ in so many rich aspects as the reality of all these Old Testament offerings. But I want to focus more on the application of these sacrifices in our own experience. We really need to experience him in these ways, don't we? Yes. Even this morning, I was appreciating so much that Christ is our peace offering. Apart from Christ, we have no peace with God and we have no peace with each other. But because of this dear Jesus Christ as our peace offering, we have the peace with the Lord. With God, we have peace with one another as brothers and sisters in the Lord. We need this to live the church life. How can we get along without Christ as the peace offering? And not only that, uh, we saw from the message that Christ is also our sin offering. I am so grateful that the Lord would even enlighten me every day that to realize I am no good. I am no good for God's purpose. I am constituted with sin. But hallelujah, I have Christ as my sin offering. <laughs> I love Second uh, Corinthians 5.21. says something like this. Uh, he who knew no sin was made sin and became sin on our behalf that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We have no way to get along with each other as long as we don't enjoy Christ as our sin offering because all we are is sin and unrighteousness. But by every day exercising our spirit, that is to practically lay our hands on the head of this beautiful sin offering Christ, we enjoy him as the one who became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You know, in a relationship with people, the main thing is that things are right. And what happens in, in relationships between uh, even Christians is things are not right. What do you need? We don't need our manipulation, our conniving, our politics. We need Christ as the sin offering. And then ultimately, Christ is also the birds. He's the soaring birds. Aren't these five offerings tremendous? Three were Christ being split on the cross in his crucifixion. He's being cut. And two of the offerings are Christ in resurrection as the soaring one. Always soaring, always living. We need this Christ to get along, to go along, and to continue in the church life, to have the proper relationship with each other and with God himself. What a Christ we have been given. Dick, I believe we have had the soaring and always living one in our midst today. Thank you for your fellowship. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee ministered the Word of God for over seven decades. Many consider these life studies as his seminal work an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Spirit. If you'd like to find more about Witness Lee, these life study messages, or any of the materials provided by Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org. 
That's lsm.org. You can also email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. Thanks for listening today.